May your <laughs> may our voices be large and heard. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode twenty six four, and we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernil. And every week we listen to great music from all consoles and all generations. And uh, we have to say at this top of the episode before we even get started that next week, this will be uh, next Thursday evening around 7.30 p.m. Eastern-ish, we are having our next Patreon live episode that I'm just now springing on Pernell. Pernell, what, yeah! what should our topic be next week? Well, geez, that's just gravy. Um, I know. I almost want to say one, an interesting one, but it might at least fit the theme of the show normally, like anxiety. Anxiety. Is that because of a game I've been playing recently or a track I started to really listen to recently that embodies anxiety? Okay. Um, I, I think I can handle it. I will work my, I'll do my best to handle that episode. So next week, it'll be next <laughs> Thursday, um, after this episode has um, been released, we are going to have our um, Patreon episode. So if you're a Patreon member, you get access at any level. You get access to um, a live streamed recording of our shows. You get to hang out with us, chat with us, and make jokes and all sorts of silly things. But today is super important. Make a sandwich. Make this, a sandwich. This episode has been, I don't know, a couple years in the making or a year in the making. We have all the way from... The my, West Coast. The West... No, oh my God. Uh, Metro... All I want to say is Metro City. It's not Metro City. It's... Uh, um, I'm going to get there. He's looking at me. <laughs> all the way from Nitro, from Wave... Uh, I, I, no, it's from KVGM, The Last Wave... From Emerald City. <laughs> oh my God, Rob! <laughs> we have all the way from a place hammock. that has some buildings and water. <laughs> we have. I'm like turning right. We have Hammock from KVGM, The Last Wave, a most excellent, most chill podcast, and they air from what city is this Hammock? Aqua City. Aqua City. <laughs> I love that. He's like you're close. Hey, I mean. There are a lot of cities on the island, and you know, a couple of the Nitro City is one of them. I just don't go there a lot. That's where Some Crash Bandicoot <laughs> bad dudes hang out there. Yeah, Nitro City, you said Emerald City. Um, oh my, well, anyways, this, this episode's been a long time in the making. We've talked about this, I think we talked about this when, when he last came on. Um, tell, tell us about the topic, oh, Hammock. I'm gonna give this to you, and, and why, did, why did you want to do this so much? Okay, so the topic is buddy cop movies, buddy cop series, and, you know, if you are a child of the 80s or the 90s, you may remember that buddy cop movies were a staple, and the music that accompanies a lot of these movies is great. I mean, it's it's full of funk, a little jazz, some really cheesy guitar and saxophone. It really runs the gamut uh, for good music, so in doing my show, um, you know, I, I come across a lot of these tracks that I think, man, this is perfect buddy cop material. And I thought, what better place to share these tracks than with you guys here on Rhythm and Pixels. That's And it's a great idea that's much appreciated because I will say it sent me back into the thought process like, buddy cops, what were some buddy cop shows I used to either watch or funny enough, some of them actually started before I was born and they ended after I was born. So I was like, hey, that name sounds familiar <laughs> because maybe my parents talked about it and it just stuck out. Like Cagney and Lacey. Mm, that was right, a big yeah. one that stuck out. Um, 
but so many. There's a lot of them. Have you? Man, heard it's funny how they yeah. always tend to be something in something. <laughs> There's, um, I, I, mm-hmm. I got into watching old episodes of Columbo. And just you know, I guess I turned seventy years old overnight. But I'm watching old episodes of Columbo, and the music on that show is just—it's weird. It ranges from that kind of like funk stankiness to like weird circus music, like when something like really strange is happening. Like I don't know who did the music direction for that show, but it's all over the place. But that's what I was thinking. I was thinking about like super cheesy chill tracks with a whole bunch of stank on it. Like just like it just wouldn't just wouldn't fit your show, but would fit like the right the right topic, the right feeling. And um, yeah, exactly. Buddy. (laughs) And I've I've got some stuff. I got some stuff today to share with everybody. But um, on KVG on the last wave, it's not just excellent music for 30 minutes every Sunday. It is, and it's not just like your words of wisdom. You 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 tell little stories about each little song, and I I just I love it. I don't just like I just smile every time I listen to the show. Do you script it? Do you like do you like like throughout the week? Do you write down like oh this would be really funny? It's not scripted, but <laughs> when I listen to tracks, I write down things that come to mind, okay. and you know because ninety five percent of the the games that I feature on the show I've never played, right. I've never heard me of, me too, or <laughs> you know, so I have to just go off the music and what the music reminds me of, and you know some of the stuff about you know what the games are about. I'll go into that sometimes, and that's uh, not scripted, but I have some mm-hmm. notes that'll help me guide, you know, what's going on. But um, yeah, for the most part, it's just silly stuff that. You know, I run by my wife. She usually helps <laughs> co awesome. write these shows. And, I think that's pretty cool, actually. Because um, like I can say, have you ever, I'm assuming this is probably where it goes into the process. Like, when you listen to certain music, um, you can kind of write a scenario in your head that is occurring in accompaniment to the music. So it might be, for yeah. example, a chase, some music that would, you could probably see appearing in a chase scene. So you could see in your head a scenario where a person jumps through a window with a bag of money and the other person bashes <laughs> the door. Like you can actually write the entire scene in your head. And that to me is a large part of what makes music and games and movies and TV so great. Especially if you don't even know where it originally came from because your imagination mm-hmm. runs wild. Oh with yeah, it. yeah. Um Are we gonna yeah, have definitely. a are we ever gonna have a hear hear your wife's voice on the show? Maybe like do a little back and forth? I think she, she said she's open to it. I mean, she is not a huge fan of video game music. She likes the video game music that doesn't sound like video game mm-hmm. music. And, you know, I, I feature some of that on the show. Um, you know, anything that sounds like Jamiroquai, she's like, oh, I like that. Uh, but <laughs> that, that could like be that an too. episode um, of the self of your show when you think about it. It could be KVG on the next wave music that ain't game music, but it's really game music. And you can have her listening to it with you and try to have her paint an image of what she hears from what she can get from the songs. Yeah. And they yeah, like, well, this that's... comes from a game that does this. And you're like, got it. <laughs> it's pretty close. Yeah, that, that became kind of a bedtime routine where I'd be coming up with tracks for a show and putting together a playlist. And I'll be like, here, just listen to this song. And where does it put you? And she'll be like, oh, well, I feel like I'm in a department store in the 1980s <laughs> or I'm having dinner on the coast somewhere at a fancy restaurant. It's like, oh, yes, yeah. perfect. Okay, great. Thank you. It's like a shit. Well, how'd you know, how you know I picked this music from the earthbound shopping mall scenes? It's, it's a perfect choice. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like, I honestly, that seems like it'd be a pretty fun thing to just do in general. Like, hey, what do you think this is? Have you ever been flat out like, how has she ever been pretty close or accurate to like mm-hmm. what it was? 
Hello? Are you talking to me? Um, yeah, we played that <laughs> game before where I'll be Sorry. like, all right, can you tell me what <laughs> what genre this game is from? Or what genre this game is? And, you know, her first guess is usually either a racing game or a golf game. So mm-hmm. she's kind of got the golf tracks down Yeah, kind of figure out the golf sound. You have a, you have a series of uh, Mahjong and uh, dating, dating sim type tracks on your show. Like the Mahjong games can kind of get, get a little smooth. They get a little smooth, and those dating simulators, they're, they're pretty, <laughs> definitely not family-friendly, but the music is, you know, very smooth. Yes. Very, very smooth. What was it? Ed is the one that taught us, brought up the idea of that game called Uno, you know, and then I got the chance to review the game. So I was like, wait, I can try this out without paying for it, and I can oh. hear the music firsthand. I was like, this music is really good. Oh, Pernell, Pernell, for one of the tracks you picked, I'm not sure if we're going to play it on the show, but I had to look up the composer for it, and in looking up the game... I was like, "Oh, okay." It's on the, yeah, the it's on the Switch, is... so it's just it's just yeah. racy enough to get that Nintendo seal of okayness. Yeah, but the music is where it's at. Fortunately, this is a this isn't a let's play. This is a music podcast. Yeah, yeah it's all so this, it is, this, is a, this is an audio audio medium here. We're uh, <laughs> it's a theater of the mind. Um, oh yeah. And, and, and truly, this 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 week it really is a theater. So we're going to paint a, a picture. Um, in my mind, I was thinking of creating a whole movies out of these songs, or like at least you know, what 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 era or what like, what flavor of a buddy cop movie or TV show would this feel like? And I definitely ran into all all sorts of them, and I'm really really excited to get into this episode. I'm I've been excited all week about this one. So, I'm um, Hammock. Why don't you take us away? Look through your playlist here and pick your first track. Skies okay. Now you guys are familiar with three-dimensional tennis, right? 3D tennis. You can go outside. You can go to the park. You can step into a court and play some 3D tennis. Wait, I, you can go outside? I love There's a court. You I can with the, with the right the right gear. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm going to take you to the next dimension, right? The fourth dimension, because this is from the game 4D tennis Ooh. on the FM Towns. This is the main menu music, and the composer for this is Edwin Delinsky. Oh man, prepare myself for this next <laughs> this next level tennis. <laughs>
Oh, that's such a nice fade out. That's such a nice fade out. Because the saxophone's fading out, but that synth bass is still a little bit louder than the mm-hmm. saxophone. It's like, we're going away, but that synth bass is going to hang around for just a little bit longer. <laughs> um, that was 4D Tennis, the main menu music for the FM Towns, composed by Edwin Delinsky. That was, that was picked by Hammock. That's he's officially kicked this episode off with a track that gives us all track anxiety. That's incredible. <laughs> like that's good. It started with the funk. I felt like more and more like synth, like bass, and those synth like like uh, organ stabs kept coming in, and I was just like, whoa! And then that saxophone solo, just come on, mm. man. come on. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's that is something right there. Thank you so much. I, that that. I feel like I feel like that's a good like. <laughs> I was wondering about this too before the episode started. I was like, I wonder how many of our track choices are going to sound like they come from a very specific like environment for like funny cop shows. Because as you know, there were all kinds. You know, the urban ones. You had ones that took place like in Miami Beach. You had uh, ones that took place out. Heck, there were some that took place on like reservations. Um, this this one. No, this, this this one is 1970s New York City or no 80s 80s New York City. Well, like 70s is too far back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah, 80s, yeah, yeah just right. Like, I don't know, man. I got like an Eddie Murphy, like uh, 48 hours kind mm-hmm. of vibe off of this. Well, uh, what were you getting, Hammond? Yeah, that's exactly what I was getting. You know, it feels like a good intro into the movie. You figure out who exactly these buddy cops are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the best buddy cop scenarios, they may start out on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yes. But then this sets the stage. This is a, a good stage-setting track in, you know, 1980s New York City, the rough streets. Is this a scenario where, like, the, the one cop is a rugged officer, the other one is just fresh out of the country. He's like, I just love relaxing and feeling good. And now here I am in New York City. I'm a cop now. <laughs> I'm a cop now. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Chief! I need to talk to you for a minute. Who, who is this guy? Why'd you sign me to him? <laughs> well, I feel as though you guys would help each other out quite a bit on this case. It's a really particular one. Yeah. The ice cream, the ice cream chugger. The ice cream chugger. I like that. You have, you have to have like two characters on the opposite sides of the spectrum. Even like on Law and Order, you've got like Chris Maloney on one side, but then you got Ice T working the streets. You know, and, and <laughs> yeah. just just different personalities, and they got to clash somehow. Even even in like like more modern day like procedurals, like in Bones. Um, you got like um, David Boreanaz is like the cop and then you've got um, whatever Deschanel she's like a, a scientist you know they, get, but they're from different mm-hmm. worlds but will they kiss will Ice-T <laughs> and Chris Maloney kiss <laughs> I don't know with the right <laughs> crime I don't know um, yeah <laughs> with the right crime yeah yeah it's just it takes takes a few seasons and a, and a couple uh, and a very special episode a very special episode <laughs> I, I like how at the end of this last track, the um, how it started to fade out. It felt, it did feel like the opening of a movie where um, maybe you saw somebody on their way, like they're both on their way to work, but then at the end, like they're they're driving away, or or they're they they, they, just, they just got an assignment and they're going, or they're eating a hot dog. But that's just how it felt. Like it felt like the <laughs> introduction into their lives. And I'm all I'm here for that. Yeah. I'm I'm ready to like fall into that world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, if you got that kind of yeah. music serenading your journey, why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? That's really good. But here's, here's the real question. Do these cops play tennis? <laughs> oh, are they tennis cops? <laughs> <laughs> On their spare time, I think so. They have to. 
Well, it's the 80s. This is racquetball. get their cardio somewhere else. Yeah. That's right. Racquetball, yeah. Racquetball is big. Squash. That's, 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 the, that's the fourth dimension. That's, that's the, the wall behind them. <laughs> <laughs> and for the record, racquetball is awesome. Racquetball I is cool. Like yeah. Uh, my dad was a big racquetball player in the 80s. Um, all right. Um, I did enjoy that, but we have some more. We have some more, more tunes. Um, <laughs> we have some more, more, more tunes, more, uh, more buddy cop goodness. This is um, like when we talked about when you when you brought this up, I knew that there was some good, interesting, funky music on the Panasonic 3DO, and I think it came up in the last episode for some reason. I was talking about the 3DO, but. This is for the Panasonic 3DO. This is for the game, the even more Incredible Machine. Um, so the Incredible Machine was a PC game uh, that was a bunch of Rube Goldberg devices, and you had to solve puzzles with. You know, really clever. You would do that in like school. But the mm-hmm. even more Incredible Machine meant that you had to do it on your 3DO, and that was something else. This track is called Funk. It's the Funk track. I don't have a composer for this one. I'm sure that. A listener named Electric Boogaloo might know who it is, I'm guessing. <laughs> but here we go. This is the even more incredible machine, Funk.
And we're back. That was Funk. Funk. From the even more incredible machine. For the Panasonic 3DO. The funkiest (laughs) home console ever created. And uh, Hammock actually knew the composer for this one. He's he's played uh, some of this music on his episode, on his show before. And the composer is Tim Clark. Uh, said that uh, Tim Clark did some some fusion, some jazz fusion. So this sounds like it kind of fits in that that world there. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, man. Um, I gotta say, like honestly, it's kind of funny because like the the 3DL is a console that I pretty much made sure to avoid at all costs. <laughs> so it was a bit of a surprise that whenever a new track comes and gets mentioned from that system, it's all new to me because. Again, I never even really got a chance to expose myself to what it was capable of producing. Mm. So this was this was really good. Yeah, there was a there was a toe tap going on over here. There's some interesting interesting music on on this uh, this device here. There's I I went through this kind of rabbit hole on YouTube of people who had ripped audio and video from different 3DO like titles, and there's a lot that are just like. Um, what's the word uh, karaoke or just like video like like really like low res video with some audio from uh i would say some adult uh magazines and things of that nature just really interesting things that just got released on this system i, I guess they wanted the the idea of having a cd based system was much headier than what than the reality of what people wanted which was interactive media you know, but I will say this yeah. though, it did it did have one thing on it that a friend showed me of all times. They, I mean, even three years ago for the first time. And originally, I was like, I don't want to watch this. this is stupid. It turned out to be one of the most hilarious things. It's called "Real Plumbers Don't Wear Ties." <laughs> oh my god, that thing is hysterical! Hysterical, and I recommend it to anybody who likes terrible media, like intentionally seeks it out. Is that just a straight up movie, or is it like some kind of like interactive thing, like Night Trap? Well, it's like it's an interactive kind of, not even like Night Trap. It's just flat out a scenario is playing out, and at different intervals, the game the game will say, "Do you think he should punch his boss or walk out?" And you're <laughs> like, oh, "I think he should punch his boss." So you press the button for it, and it plays out the, what would happen if he punched his mm. boss. And those whole sequence would run, so and it so would just keep going. When Netflix had like their Choose Your Own Adventure Black uh, Black Mirror episode. Totally you like, stole it from Plumbers Wear Ties. Yeah, 3DO. It's already on the 3DO, guys. That's how they're getting <laughs> That's all their right. ideas. Hey, uh, wait a minute. That guy isn't a plumber. <laughs> this, is, this is terrible. All right. So um, when I listen to this music, I have I have two tracks. This is this is a more lighthearted track. And this gave me more of like a Turner and Hooch kind of vibe. You know, the detective with the, with the wacky dog solving crimes together um, kind of vibe. So I thought this would be like Purnell and Poochie. And I wrote up a few things on it. And, and if, for the record, let's get this out the way. You haven't read he it sprung this on me right before the episode started, so this is a cold read for me. Let's <laughs> just throw that out. All there. right. So, um, so I'm going to read the direction, and um, uh, Hammock, you're going to be the chief. Is that okay? Okay. And uh, Purnell, <laughs> you're going to play the yeah. part of Purnell. All right. How <laughs> not to play that guy? What does he do? What's he like? All right. So Purnell and Pucci. Detective Purnell. Hold on. I need some music. Hold on. Give me some music here. (laughs) There we go. Detective Purnell is investigating a string of high-profile robberies, but he keeps coming up short. The the chief of police decides this lone wolf needs a new partner. 
the most decorated officer in the city, Officer Pucci the dog. He's a he's a seven foot he's a seven foot tall detective, <laughs> and she's a five pound wiener dog. Together they fight crime every Thursday at nine. All right, all right. Um, daytime, police precinct. Purnell is in the chief's office. You messed up, Purnell. No, you don't have to tell me, man. Oof. No, I mean, this time you really messed up. In the past, I would just say, hey, you know, we're doing our best. We're only human. Sometimes people get murdered, and that would be okay. <laughs> well, I mean, why don't you just tell them that again? I mean, works for me. Because this time they've been kidnapped. <laughs> because this time they've kidnapped the president's dog. Those jerkwads. <laughs> And now I know you like to work solo, and I've respected that in the past, but this isn't your run-of-the-mill drug murder spree. This is the president's dog. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're not saying in what walks, I think you're saying. In walks a small wiener dog with a badge and a gun. Okay, you've convinced me, Poochie. Let's get this scumbag. Poochie barks and spins in circles. You can say that again, Poochie. <laughs> what the <laughs> Alright, so I got this dog. I love how he just shows up. The dog walks in the office. Yeah. And he's like, well, this dog's packing. Let's do it. <laughs> I just love the idea of like, no one's like got the dog on a leash. No one's walking the dog into the. It's just, you open the door and the dog walks in. It's like. He clearly just had his work. coffee. He's, yeah. he's on, he's on, he's mellowed out. Yeah. <laughs> he's had his coffee for the day. Oh, I've always liked the idea that they're like what was it? like I said the main one was Turner and Hooch back in the day where it was mm. a movie where the guy was teamed up with like a dog that was kind of rowdy. I can't remember if he if the dog belonged to someone else and he just kind of took care of him for a while or if he was actually a police dog. But they were kind of just like partners and they weren't even like I don't even think he was a cop or something. just no no he was no, it was Tom Hanks right he was he was yeah, a Tom cop. Hanks yeah, and that it, big mastiff yeah the big mastiff or, not yeah, mastiff but, but that yeah I think it was a mastiff yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Um, but I know he's either that or a St. Bernard, but whatever the dog is that just drools like crazy all the time. Yeah, I think it was a St. Bernard. I think you're right. Uh, but I don't think the but, dog was a police dog, just a giant dog that would just, you know, wreck Tom Hanks's day. I don't know. But they still pulled the, the buddy ship of it very well in that just how the dog was just well trained to be a jerk when he wanted to be. Just yeah. like flop out and drool over the couch. Yeah. And they had the dog was like, hooch! And the dog was like, It's like, what the heck is this? It's so ridiculous, and yet I can't turn away. It's perfect. Mm. There's, there's some other ones, like right? There's, there's some other, like... Canine like, cop. Canine, canine cop, that's the one. Yeah, canine cop. Yeah, it was Jim Belushi. That was a Jim Belushi. Yes, I was thinking it was a Quaid. No, it was a Belushi. <laughs> so if you remember, was shepherd. that one where the, yeah. where the, in that case, was the dog a police dog or was he just like a normal dog? I'm pretty sure it was a police dog. I think it was like a German shepherd that was trained. I like how you're asking, like, he's the expert on... Uh, on I mean, he could always say, I have no movie. idea. I didn't see the movie. I just read the wiki. And I'd be like, that's me on most movies. If, so um, I got you. If uh, Homeward Bound, you know, if uh, or Milo and Otis. Like, if Milo was a cop, would that be a buddy cop movie? Well, I mean, yeah, what I would the so. case be? They were just trying to find their way home. <laughs> After solving a murder. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> this murder took us all the way out of the city. How do we get back? Sniff for clues. Sniffing for clues. Okay, Pranel, we're on to your first track. 
Okay, so my first track is going to come from a game that I played a ways, below ways back, and it's called Beat Cop. Mm-hmm. And the track title is called Corpus Delicti. And it's composed by Poiter Musiel, which I may have mispronounced that, but it's I, my first day. Yeah, I, I, I typed it out, and I still don't understand it. Um, so that's okay. Here we go. There we go. Welcome back. You were just listening to Corpus Delecti from the game Beat Cop, composed by Pi. I'm actually going to change my attempt at this because it's spelled P I O, so Pi um, Piotr Musiel. And I'm going to take it. If that's wrong, I'm okay with being right. Just tell me. Yeah. <laughs> contact us and let us know because I want to meet you now because that song was <laughs> rad. <laughs> so cool. It's, it's really good. It's really good. And I'm glad I remembered it because I was digging. Like, you know how it is. Like you get a topic that's very specific, and yeah. when it's that specific, like it has to be just right. If I don't get it just right, I'm going to feel weird about it. 
So I was just trying to remember, and I was like, wait a minute. I played Beat Cop. That's perfect for this. And uh, the music, as you can hear, sells it too. Mm-hmm. So the idea behind Beat Cop, though, is that you're a former detective. So you used to be a detective. No partner, though. But you're a former detective, and you lose your job because you're framed for a murder that you didn't commit. But it still disgraces you so much that you get bumped down to being a beat cop. You know, writing tickets on the block. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> you're framed for murder. And then instead of going to jail, you get just get bumped down to a beat cop? Pretty much. That that's, See, that's a problem <laughs> with the police system right there. I'm sure something I'm forgetting, like maybe he got out by that time it was already too late for his record or something. No, no, like no, that. we're going with your story. <laughs> this anyway, is what's wrong. Everything's terrible. But afterwards, the way we're, the way the game is somewhere is like it's like a day-to-day procedure, like you're like walking the street and uh you're writing tickets, so if you walk past a car that's illegally parked, you gotta write a ticket for oh, him and hit awesome. him with it. That's and, awesome. and you have a ticket quota that you have to meet every day or you're in trouble. In addition to that though, <laughs> You also are dealing with, like, normal, like, gritty cities type stuff. So, like, for example, the mafias work in the city, and they have people on the take. You can get on the take, which gets you a cut of cash. <laughs> um, but at that point, when that happens, you got to look the other way at certain stuff. Or you can be on the uh, by the books cop and try to take care of business. Mm. But unfortunately, you're a bit down on your luck. Your pay's down because you got beat cop bumped. You got divorced from your wife. She's taking you for alimony. So every day or every couple of days, you get hit for a deep alimony cut. And if you don't have that money, zip. <laughs> so I went you to gotta the, have enough yeah. money to cover that. I went to the website to look this up to figure out, you know, the composer and the, the game information. And it, it was really cool pixel art, like really nice, like 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 style. I really like the style of it. But the tagline was um, writing tickets and fighting crime. And I'm like, <laughs> this is this sounds incredible. How did Pernell it's a good game. get into this one? But um. Um, all right, here we go. All right, real talk for both of you. When was the last time you got a ticket? A, a, a ticket. Like, right, you mean like a parking or speeding ticket? Yeah, come on. Let's hear it. I'm not ashamed of it. I'll tell you <laughs> flat out. So, I have gotten three tickets in my... Three parking tickets in my entire life. Of those parking tickets, I have only paid one. I fought right. the other two and won both times. Um... One time, it was because I was running late for a job interview in Philadelphia. Um, drove up there. I wasn't used to driving in the Philly, and parking is horrible. Oh, yeah. Parked the car, got out, and saw a person that was dressed like a police officer. And I was like, hey, is it legal for me to park here? <laughs> dressed like a sign, police officer? Question were, mark? Is that what that was? Like, pretty much, yes. Because I thought they were a cop. <laughs> the sign that I parked next to had two signs, one above it, one below. One pointing to the left that said, like, two-hour parking, and one pointing to the right that said something that was like, can only park between these hours. So I'm like, okay, which side of these arrows is my card considered to be a part of? Because I can't read this. I've never seen a sign combo like this before. So the cop couldn't answer. I just interpreted the sign as best I could, and I went in for my interview. Came out, had a ticket. Mm. I got home, wrote the most scathing letter. I was like, look here, man, I'm from Podunk, Delaware. I'm in your city. No one can help me read your abominations of signs, your terrible signage. A cop couldn't answer my question. And I'm trying to get a job out here. You want me to pay a ticket with money I don't have because I didn't get a job? You better leave me alone. I'm not paying this ticket. If your own citizens can't understand your signs, what am I supposed to do? Wow. And I beat the ticket. You beat it. That's right. Second time was a ticket in Philadelphia. Another one. 
beat that ticket too. Of course, don't get me wrong, I'm afraid that I actually technically didn't beat it and one day I'm going to just park my car. I was like, this is a ticket from like 2005. We gotta get this <laughs> you, you come back, look for your car, and it's like been towed or something. Yeah, it's been impounded. Um, Pretty so, much. So, Aqua City, though. I can't imagine people driving that fast in Aqua City, huh? What are you talking about? Yeah, not, not a lot of cars. Not a lot of cars. A lot of, a lot of golf carts. <laughs> and segways. But I would have um, thought that Aqua City would yeah, have some yeah. cast with like nice fast cars. They want to get the breeze blowing through their hair. Yeah, I, like, I like the idea of segways getting everywhere. That's, that's Nitro City. <laughs> no, but the last time I got a ticket was 2003 uh, in California, actually. And I think it was just a speeding ticket. And I don't remember why I was speeding. It was one of those weird, maybe work zone areas. Um, but that's the last time. And I did not fight it. I paid it. And I went to a comedy defense class, you know, where they have a comedian that does the, the driving defense, defensive driving. That almost sounds and, like a reward, um, not a punishment. Is it, do you, are you saying like yeah, a defensive it, driving class, but led by it's a defensive driving funny? class with the comedian? Dave Coulier. He, he was an actual comedian. Driving. Dave Coulier <laughs> teaches driving. <laughs> Cut it out. The speeding, I mean. Cut it out. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> That's I would totally dangerous. do that. Yeah. Um, no, the last one was uh, uh, Purnell. It was you and I, and I think Brad. We were going to a DDR tournament up at uh, Eight on the Break in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and I parked on the wrong side of a one way because I was just trying to like park anywhere. I wasn't about to parallel, so I just went in. <laughs> and I was facing the wrong way. I'm like, no one's gonna bother me. And we were there for like eight hours, and we walk out, and I had a ticket. And, um, at least you only had one. So you could get that one drink. Like you were wrong on two o'clock. It. You were wrong at eight o'clock. And I totally forgot, I did have one other ticket that's way more recent than the other two I mentioned. This was like maybe 20... We don't have to get... I mean, if you're going to incriminate yourself, we can move on. No, this was a... <laughs> uh, please, that incriminate nothing. Um, it was one of those scenarios where you're driving down a normal road, and um, the road is like speed limit 55, so of course I was going 70. Right. Um, and then you make a... You round a turn... And you go into like this <laughs> going town. 55 because you ultimate drifter Purnell initial P. That's right. <laughs> I cut that turn. But then the moment you make the turn, you end up in this like this like small town. This is like in Pennsylvania, like in Maryland. I'm sorry, down in Maryland. Right, right, right. Yeah. And the moment you make the turn, you're in this town, and the speed limit plummets. But the signage indicating that the speed limit drops doesn't really appear. Like it doesn't stick out. And of course, I'm already comfortable with my cruise speed. So I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm okay. Everything's good. So I'm driving. And I still was going slower because, of course, when you're in an area that has tighter drugs, you're going to slow down naturally because you want to be careful. But I was still going over the speed limit. Um, so cop comes out of nowhere, pulls me over. This is like one in the morning. And I'm sitting there like, my hands are on the wheel. I am oh, reaching yeah. for my wallet <laughs> right now. I was talking through every step. Yeah. Every step. It's like, I am thirsty, but I won't get a drink. <laughs> we, should, we, should, uh, we should bring everything back to how me and Pernell both feel about the police. So <laughs> here we go. Um, all right. So we're going to move on um, to uh, our next track by, I think we're about to get back to Hammock, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah. That's right. Bring us into the funk zone. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. We're going to take you maybe, maybe to Miami for this next track. Yeah. I'm feeling a little bit of a Miami vice for this one uh, it's from a game called paradise killer which i played a couple tracks on the show on uh kvgm the last wave uh, this one is called midori eyes and the composer is barry epic topping <laughs> well, that, well you can't beat that <laughs> no it's, it's the best toppings all right here we go
made a new ow. executive producer, Robin Purnell. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was Midori Eyes from the game Paradise Killer from Barry Epic <laughs> Topping. <laughs> um, wow, wow, wow. I, all I gotta say is wow, that was. That was so much fun. I enjoyed that start to finish. Thank you. That was great. That, I think that may have pushed that track up my backlog list. <laughs> now it needs to get booted up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So you said you've explored some of this music on your show before. Uh, some music from this game, rather? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. The soundtrack's really good. I highly recommend it. And I think this game came out last year. I don't know a lot about it. It looks interesting. I think it's a murder mystery on an island. I got that. But uh, the music is fantastic. So the idea behind it is there's elements that I don't quite know either because, again, it's in the backlog as opposed to my played log. But um, the idea is like it takes place in this really weird world that exists in like a weird like pocket nebula. And there's this weird ritual that takes place every couple of like decades or centuries that's supposed to transition the place into a perfect utopia. But someone gets murdered right before the procedure is completed to make it happen. So your character is named Lady Love Dies, who's been locked in a pocket dimension for like the last couple decades or centuries. And she gets let out. Literally, she gets she crash bombs onto the island (laughs) and she has to solve the mystery of who killed this person. Now, here's the rub for Paradise Killer that makes it unique. It's an open world exploration game with the intent being to solve the murder. And you can solve the murder whenever you want, so long as you have the evidence that you believe is enough to frame someone for the murder. Mm. So you investigate, you interview people, you gain the ability to move around and like investigate different areas. And when you feel as though you have enough evidence to convict somebody, you call the tribunal together and you present your case and the person gets convicted. And it's such an odd concept to me because I'm like, when I've talked about it before with, on other like dialogues, I'm like, Wait a minute. So, what if you're wrong? And the person, the people told me is like, "Well, you can't be wrong. It's whatever you feel is right." Which, in its own right, seems like so that. odd to me. It's I, like I you, you can't be wrong, which means, in my eyes, it would make me want to work harder to make sure that I'm right. Now, I get that like, because this music, there's a kind of like confidence to this this music right here. You know what I mean? Like, there's a, not just the, like mm-hmm. some some of the music we've had. There's we've listened to. There's been a strut, but this this has been a very confident walk. A walk of justice. Wouldn't that be a yeah, that would be a strut? Yeah. Well, a I mean, strut of justice. Well, I would imagine a strut being a little bit having a little more funk on it. You know what I mean? Like every second step, I'm like kind of leaning a little bit. <laughs> you can do the lean. You can do the. You can do the points. We you can do the. We need to yeah. like we need to hang out and like have a have like a have like a strut have a strut session. <laughs> People in the neighborhood would be like, what are these guys doing? I'm like, we're just, we're just practicing our walk. What, what do you got? But they'll know when we're pointing like, ah! How did just the, directly know, pointing at them and yeah. smiling like, where's the deal with these guys? They look confident. We'll have to file right. it with the city so that, that they know what we're doing. <laughs> What's going Cops show up. We got reports of two people randomly pointing at individuals in the street. <laughs> What's going on here? Cool chill job, turkey. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Man, that was an awesome track! All right, here we go. We're gonna we're gonna keep it. We're gonna get a little bit more serious here. Um, we're talking about backlogs. This is a game that was on my backlog forever, and I'm finally playing. Pronounce. I bet I know what it is. This I bet is, I know the track. This is Persona. Start with a P. 
Persona 5. But does the track start with a P? No. No, really? Yeah, no, no. This is, um, so yeah, I finally got around to playing this game. I'm obsessed with the music in this game. I I go to this part of the game and just leave it on while I'm doing something else. It's incredible. So I have a lot more time logged in this game than I should. This track is called uh, Layer Cake, and this is the music that plays in the uh, the main shop um, music. Of the the game. gun shop, right? Yeah, the gun shop. So this is uh, Shoji Maguro from Persona 5, Layer Cake. You're listening to Layer Cake from Persona 5, composed by Shoji Maguro. Pernell giving me some um, some game knowledge, some tips while the track was yeah, going right. on. Because <laughs> right, I got I, I to gotta share the wealth. I loved this game. Because uh, really, I have been texting him while I'm playing this game, being like, I can't beat this boss. What do I do? And, and, and um, Pernell tries to explain, which adds up to just get better. At it. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, not true, not true. So this time the he last got boss. stuck on. Yeah. he got stuck on one boss recently, and 
For some reason, I do with a lot of games, ever since uh, save files lacked limits, as in it was just based on how much hard drive space you had, um, I started making save files all over different games. So I gotta have like 10 files in one title. So he yeah. got stuck on a boss, and I was like, here's what I suggest. Mm -hmm. And then after suggesting, I was like, you know, wait a minute, I wonder if I can still try it. I went to the game, booted it up, had the save file right before the same boss he was stuck on. You had a save file went for there. every boss in the game. Yep, so I just rolled up in there, the steamroll. Like, yep, my strategy oh, still works. Christy, you can still do Christy this. Christy was watching me. She she watched me lose like eight times in a row. It was demoralizing. Like how many times I was losing, and I went back and I was I was like I'm grinding, and Pernell's like, no, don't grind, just do it smarter. And I'm like, you know what that sounds like? <laughs> well, the, 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 the gimmick can vouch for me on this though. Like some games by design are meant to keep grinding from helping you. Like. Grinding is something that can give you some small incremental bumps, but it's not going to be the difference between winning and losing. Mm. And Persona games and Shin Megami Tensei as a whole are notorious for that because they expect the player to understand the systems that work. Mm. So, and the reason, the way I conveyed it to Rob, as far as like what I was referring to him as, I was like, he was like, I need to go buy new equipment for my guys. I need more ar better armor and weapons. I was like, let me tell you something. I didn't change. I only, the only weapons I used in that entire game were things I found in treasure chests. That includes armor and weapons. What that means is my main character had the same weapon from the first dungeon to the sixth one. <laughs> the entire game almost had the same gear on because that, that I wasn't buying it. Blew my mind. But like you are, you are a Shin Megami Tensei like player from birth. Like this, it's in your blood. Um, <laughs> it's like a you, boy you, you, you have and it. a demon <laughs> like you have a persona and that and you you rebel against the system um but anyway i picked this track because every time i hear it i think about like like these these kinds of like detective shows you know because it starts out really dark and then suddenly like the guitar and the bass just hits like so hard and so this is another um uh, tv show actually this one's a movie um, and this one is another one. This is a supernatural uh, detective show. If you can uh, pull up uh, your notes, please. Uh, this is called. The name of it. This is called Unhammocked. Unhammocked. Uh, <laughs> Unhammocked. <laughs> All right, so here we go. I want to get some music playing here. And, so um, what? You got like three characters on this one. Yeah, there's a few. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, uh, uh, Hammock, you'll be playing Hammock. Uh, Pranal, you'll be playing the ghost. Okay. And I'll be playing the, um, I'll do the stage direction and the other characters. <laughs> oh, mercy. This is going to be a weird right. one, too. Leaving the force after accidentally shooting a victim, Hammock, played by Hammock, shuts himself away in a small oceanside town in New England. Now his ghosts are coming back to haunt him and help him solve the series of murders in his new town. <laughs> All right, here we go. It's the middle of February bitter cold and we find hammock walking along the beach my god it's cold here but it's what i deserve for killing that guy a gust of wind hits his face and that guy was an innocent victim the guy that i killed that's right he was and now you must feel the cold the icy cold of guilt ice guilt I, should, I probably should have like noted that that was a ghost talking to Hammock. All right. Um, suddenly, a young boy across the uh, runs across the beach towards Hammock. Mister, are, are you a police officer? 
I haven't heard that name in a long time. What the heck, man? That's not your name! Someone's been murdered in the old sea shack place that's all that all people in New England know about. And we all know about that murder, eh, Hammock? I suppose we do. What does that mean? I'm here to help. Where's the body? You're damn right. Hammock and the ghost go and they uh, they solve murders and they fight crime. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you gotta acknowledge that the ghost can possess people for a short period of time ooh, in every episode. Yeah, yeah that would be, that's a good idea. Oh, so maybe um, the ghost possesses... See, in my mind, I thought it would be good if the ghost was actually there to haunt the detective, but then inadvertently helps him. But but ultimately, that would be an interesting writing really setup. Adversary, yeah. That would be a, that would require mm. some very skilled writing. I can see that being yeah. done for like one or two episodes, but for like multiple seasons <laughs> of the ghost accidentally helping you, Clear, that's work. Clearly, not something I could write. But maybe this maybe ghost a better is incompetent. <laughs> like, man, I'm a terrible ghost. <laughs> and if I was, I was thinking like, should I do that whole ghostly voice thing? What I'm reading, like, you're damn right. But I was like, nah. If I was a ghost, I'd still be a pretty cool, chill ghost. Yeah, you did. You just, damn you, right. You continued your, your your low, chill voice there. That's I'm a right. ghost. What you gonna <laughs> do about I'm it? here to haunt you. You don't like it? Should have killed me. <laughs> That's how I do things. Oh my God. I'm a spooky ghost. All right, spooky ghost. What's your uh, What's your next track? All right, so the next track, I'm glad this is the topic because I can't think of another time I would have picked this track for an episode by sound at least. <laughs> so this track comes from the game Crawl Code Block Knockers, and the title is called Nocturnal, and it's composed by the Opus Science Collective. Now, this is the game I was talking about at the top of the show. Uh, by I the know. Oh, I do. <laughs> I was like, Block Knockers? What is what's going on here? But um, <laughs> now I have a story about similar titles that I found at an arcade game. At the beach. Ooh. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. No, it's true, actually. But uh, <laughs> but not recently. Anyway.
Songs. I'm going to be all right. <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to um, Nocturnal from the game Crawco Block Knockers, composed by Opus Science Collective. And I've been interested in trying to get this track on the show for a bit, but didn't quite know what topic would be appropriate for it. Now, just throwing that heads up out there. We are a family-friendly show, so don't technically go look this game up unless you're okay with that. Being that this does not fit that mold. Um, funny thing about my history with uh, certain things, like so with reviews, I do reviews for the SNL podcast, and it's become a random joke of sorts where I'll come across certain games, or like the host Joe will come across certain games, knowing that I am intentionally trying to find games that are either hilarious to review or bad games. And when I say baggies, I don't mean like an obvious bad game where it was like done on like a TI-87 or something. I mean like a game that is just bad, but it could have been good. But that put it that way, like is that that balance between just terrible and good. And when I came across this game, I was like, just trying to talk about this game on a review will be hilarious. So I'm going to review it. Um, So I requested it. We got it. And I started playing it. And the first thing that caught me was, wow, this music is legit. Like it's this is the kind of stuff that I could have gladly seen in a full a big budget title and I would have been happy to hear it pop up in the game proper. Um so I've been a fan of it ever since. Like the music is if anything, I like the music more than the game. But the game turned out to not be bad either, just the music is where it's at. Um so I'm very glad to bring this on the show. And the theme it fits the theme to the letter. It's like that late night red light district yeah. like setting. You're trying to work a case. But you gotta keep your eyes on the prize. That prize being <laughs> victory, success, there's, there's, justice. There's, there's like a lightheartedness, like a lightheartedness to the to this track too. I think I think it has to do with that um with that that keyboard kind of almost like lyrical kind of solo happening. It's, just, it's dark, but it's not it's not super dark. You know, it's like just dark hey, that- enough. That's the red light so, district. It's dark, but it's very well lit. So it reminds me, um, there. Was, so I used to play like uh, '80s arcade game uh, Kicks, a QIX, where mm-hmm. you would draw a box and you would avoid the bad guys, but the box would fill in a screen with a color. And there, oh, I remember that there were versions of this game. I don't know if they were on home consoles where you would fill in the screen, but instead of a color, it would reveal a photograph on the. Yeah, screen. I remember those too. And Usually at bars. Yeah, so so back in the early '90s, late '80s, my family would go to uh, the beach, specifically out here, Rehoboth Beach, um, which back then was way more family friendly, I guess. And so we would be out on our own. And the arcades out there were incredible. Like the the, the games that they have, you would never see anywhere else. Like they had the the six player X Men arcade machines and all sorts of interesting stuff. But in the back of one of them, I saw Kicks, and I'm like, this is fantastic. I'm gonna play some Kicks. And it was anime characters 
in various degrees of clothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, wait a minute. I didn't sign up for this or did I? I have never seen it again. Um, but, like, I knew it was a thing that these types of, like, like I guess it was a ROM hack or, or it was just, like, a, a clone of the game with its own little spin to it. And I think it was just like there was like a, just a, there was like a market that was intentionally designing taking games and designing them for adult bars. It just yeah. I don't know how that arcade ended up getting it, but yeah. there was a lot of that kind of thing going on back then. Where they, they wanted media mm-hmm. specifically for adults and like CD bars, and that's how those came to be. Yeah, and also why like a lot of the I want I don't want to say a lot of 3DO games came, but like a lot of Neo Geo games kind of did like weird stuff like that, like just where they were designed with yes. this intent in mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We we're talking. I was talking about the 3DO um, like video novel slash just you know image preview, you know page through type things from before. Um, but the uh, like the bring it back full circle is like Rehoboth is still like a, a great like beach destination out here, but the problem. The problems now is that, that there's just no more arcades. So if there's an arcade, it's just claw machines and ticket dispenser type things. Um, and and now, isn't this pretty much the one that's attached to the, to the amusement park now? Not yeah, so much even its own building? There's a few. There's um, along the way. And if you, if you leave and you go a little, way, a little ways to Bethany, where um, I went with my family a couple of years ago, um, and they had a they had one that actually had an uh, ITG machine, not even DDR, it was ITG, and I was really excited about that. But they had more arcade style machines. They had a Daytona machine that was playing that theme song like all day long, and I could tell the people <laughs> who worked there were like freaking out. But uh, it was but, perfect for the beach. Yeah, but 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 way back when it was like the only place where I ever saw like Street Fighter Alpha Two, you know, or or like Super Pac Man, like like those 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 games that you just don't see everywhere. Like just they were all in these locations. I think back on that too. Like it's, it makes me kind of sad because that was an era that I never got to experience. But the thought of when arcades were prevalent mm-hmm. and family summer vacations were a thing, so you'd have these brand new hot games at the beaches, and all these kids from all these different areas of the world yeah. are coming to this one beach for this week or weekend, yeah. and then just that scene that will just crop up in that arcade at that exact time. Like you'll be playing with people you might never see again. Yeah. From all over the place, like this guy's like the champion of like Street Fighter Alpha. Where's he from? California. You're in Boat of Delaware. It's like, well, let me see if I can take this guy. And then you win, <laughs> and he'll get. Then you walk out like I'm a champion. I beat a Californian guy. You tell me nothing. You know, you go tell all your friends I'm the world champion. Well, now that I'm older, like I realize how lucky we are, like to live where we are, because because we used to go for day trips. You know, you just drive down and just be like an hour or two in the car, which of course as a kid felt like forever. But um, but we could Check do that. Out that Game Boy. Yeah, exactly. Saw the Game Boy. Play some like Legend of Zelda. At least during the day. On the way back, you couldn't. Um, yeah, because it's too dark. Too well, depends. If you had that giant goat, that you know Voltron attachment, no. you could. Three three kids in the back seat. That ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, any, anything like that up in uh up in Port Town or Aqua City. I love how you keep coming uh, up with a new yeah. name for his town. No, it's Aqua City <laughs> is, is is where he lives in my mind. It's, 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 it's the fun zone. City is where I spend most of my time, but I do travel around to Port Town and <laughs> uh, sometimes Nitro City. But yeah, we take. I grew up in Texas actually, and so we would take road trips down to the beautiful Gulf of Mexico. Um, you know, down to, <laughs> down to Corpus Christi and Galveston. Okay. Um, and not 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 great memories of that area okay. per se. No really good arcades, but um, just a lot of 
gross jellyfish that washed up on the shore. Awesome. You know, Portuguese man of wars. Oh, and uh, <laughs> that just sounds really interesting to me. Yeah, they look like little balloons, and as a kid, you're like, pick them up, and your parents are screaming, no, 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 put that down. <laughs> but, it's gummy, Mom, it's gummy. <laughs> those were fun days, traveling with the family. Actually, that must be curious to hear that. So, so I've been watching Fear the Walking Dead, which is just, I don't know what got me back on the show, but I like marathon three seasons of it. And a surprisingly major plot point for a character at one point was to get to Galveston to see the shore. Hmm. So as a person, likely the first person I've ever encountered has actually been to Galveston. Was was the journey in a zombie apocalypse worth it to see the beaches of Galveston? Uh, no. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) I guess when the world is overrun with zombies, then you gotta take what you can get. Yeah. That's a zombie man of war. Just, you know, take, take take the extra trip. Come to the Delaware beaches. They're they're super clean. They're they're inclusive and and yeah. Beautiful. But in a zombie apocalypse. That's a long nice trip from Galveston, man. <laughs> yeah, that would be. All right, and so we're going to actually start the bonus round this time with uh, Hammock. Please, Hammock, start our bonus round with some beats <laughs> that will rock Purnell's pants. I'm Ooh, off with okay. it. It's a challenge. <laughs> so I looked everywhere for an arrangement or a remix of this track, and I couldn't find it, so I'm just going to go with the old school Game Boy version. Ooh, yes. I mean, we couldn't talk about Buddy Cop music without a track from Lethal Weapon. From the- so this is the ending and staff from Lethal Weapon on the Game Boy, composed by Neil Baldwin. Mm. Neil Baldwin, mm-hmm. one of my favorite like old school composers. So this is fan- this is a great pick. Mm-hmm. I wish that was something that had been conveyed on like audio where I was like, he made that comment and I tried to turn with the look as if I was looking at his window in Discord. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Actually, if we can like do like a freeze frame, like pointing at each other, uh, I'll take a I'll take a screenshot of that. Staff role from the game Lethal Weapon for the Game Boy, posed by Neil Baldwin. Oh, that's a buddy cop, Danny Glover, <laughs> and um, <laughs> what's his name? Bruce Willis. No, I'm sorry, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. <laughs> Bruce Willis. <laughs> 
close enough. Before he saw dead people, he was actually milking. Yeah, right, right, right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that lick, man. That lick is just too good. Ugh. Like I said in the break, I'm, I'm genuinely a big sucker for when tracks use that one sound effect where it's like a bubble pop, like bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah, Pranalis, the arpeggio effect, man. Just, but just, is that what that is? Yeah, but just like scattered. It's like st- <laughs> it's a staccato arpeggio. I'm using two terms for you. I'm getting Latin. On. I find it hilarious. Like <laughs> we keep joking about having to do an episode specifically called the arpeggio effect. It'll be a brutal one for me because even though I've had it described to me a gajillion times, I still would have difficulty picking tracks that reference <laughs> it or that utilize it. It is quite literally the bleep and the bloops. Um, but yeah, the, the triangle wave is so deep. On, on the uh, on the Game Boy on this track, it's just it's it's so much louder than everything else. It's really interesting to hear that. Um, you don't normally hear that on the NES because the the triangle wave doesn't have a, a volume uh, modulator on it. You can't control the volume of the triangle wave. So the only way to make the bass sound any louder is to make everything else quieter. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so which is why if you put in like say the same thing with um the samples too. So if you put in say anything from a lot of the Western composers, or even Konami, where there's a lot of samples, um, it usually sounds quieter when you play it through the TV. Nowadays, you don't really think about it too much if you're just listening to the tracks on YouTube or if you're playing through an emulator. Um, but back in the day, it would be like, why is my Ninja Turtles game so much quieter than everything else? But um, and that's the reason why. Yeah, but if you bump up that uh, that triangle wave, it has like a kind of a cool, like kind of reedy sound to it. It's like it's deep, but it's like so deep, it's like burrowing a hole into the ground, you know. <laughs> but yeah, Lethal Weapon is like the ultimate, like one of the ultimate buddy cop like movies. Like it really was. Mm-hmm. One of the most known ones for sure, or well known ones. Like I think even now, when you when you lay it out, because like I'd want to say it would be what Lethal Weapon, maybe Rush Hour would come to mind for people. <laughs> yeah, Rush, yeah, Rush Hour is a good one. Yeah, Rush Hour. I watched yeah. I watched that again uh, fairly recently, and it was entertaining. Um, surprisingly, more racist than I remembered. Um, <laughs> But it's all right, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, is is if you keep it in the context of when it came out, yeah. it's like okay, I get it. But if it came out, you'd be like, whoa, bro. Yeah, right. If it was, it would not re-release as it was today. But still, I mean, if you had you know Chris Tucker and um, and Jackie Chan together, it's still still a fun combination. Um, would you say mm-hmm. that um, Axel Foley and oh, um, and Judge Reinhold? Right? Would they? Would they be? Would they, those are buddy cops, right? Would you call that a buddy cop movie? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Beverly, Beverly Hills, Hills Cop. cop. Right? Yeah, yeah, Beverly Hills Cop. He's on his own a lot though, but I, I think you know you gotta it's have you gotta have like though. a straight man and like the and like the funny guy or like the guy like you know doing things his own way. It's that, and it's, it's also the element of um, just like a happy person and a disgruntled person. That's a, <laughs> that's one that works too. Yeah. Like, oh, come on, cheer up, man. Here, here's, a, here's, a, here's, a vase, here's a vase with roses in it. And they just shoot the vase like dead roses. Yeah. And I haven't seen this one, um, but uh, uh, Bad Boys, right? With uh, Martin. Martin. Uh, I love that. Well, I want to say it's Martin. I want to say it's Martin. Yeah, Bad Boys Freeman, is but good. It's not Martin Freeman. It's Martin, Martin Lawrence. Lawrence. And Will Smith. And I keep hearing they're actually trying to make another one. Yeah, no, yeah. I think, I think did they? Did they actually do that? It may have already come up, but I swear. Yeah, I, I think they came. were. Yeah, so one of my favorite movies, like all time favorite movies, is Hot Fuzz, um, which is that was uh, great. Simon oh, yeah. 
and uh, Nick Frost where there's a lot of um, references to buddy we- cop movies, but it's so over the top. It, it was I, weird as the Dickens I laugh they got the plot twist. Time. It was like, whoa. Yeah, every time. It just kills me. I laugh so hard at that movie. Um, all right, so moving on. Finally, we're going to get to that Tim Fallon track that I've been bugging everybody about. This is... <laughs> here we go. This is uh, the title music from the game Puznik um, for the Amiga computer system composed by Tim Fallon. Yes, that was the title theme from Puznik for the Amiga computer system composed by Tim Fallon. And that, that had some serious, like, Beverly Hills cop vibes to it right there. You know, just just Eddie Murphy, you know, just, just wisecracking, putting, putting bananas into tailpipes and, you know, just causing all sorts of trouble for the chief of police. Just doing- Wouldn't that actually kill a person, though? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, but, you know, but in a fun way. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> you thought... Because they'd be like, oh, wow, my God, the, uh, a person died, but <laughs> there was a banana. Dun, 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 and, uh... <laughs> but did you see it? Did you... <laughs> there was a ba- ba- banana <laughs> in a tailpipe. You don't just see that everywhere you go. You that, that's, that's definitely like a, like a, like a fish-out-of-water plus a guy, bad boy, playing by his own rules, plus, like, the straight man, like, telling the bad boy playing by his own rules to play by the rules. Plus he a was, banana. Because he was, like, a, he was like the, the Brooklyn or the New York cop, right, that went to Beverly Hills to, like, chase down a bad mm-hmm. guy. That's pretty good. And I think that movie holds up a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Okay, it's been a while. Okay, it might not have been sober, but it was a fun movie. And <laughs> a lot of movies that we liked back in the day were you probably would need to be some asking the question. It's enhanced a little bit when you're a little bit on the less sober a little side. Bit, a little bit, yeah, yeah. Like that's my it. thing. I feel like with I feel like with comedies, I'm okay with having a little liquor in me. But when it comes <laughs> to like deep cuts that require me to like think deeper into the plot and start piecing together and different characters and like how they're connecting all, I'm like, no, nah, I gotta go in there straight face staring with a notepad. I don't mess around with a notepad. You gotta take notes. You gotta figure out who the killer is. I get it in. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to solve the movie in the first ten minutes. Are you the one? Sh- All right, I've got a question for you both. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Would you consider 
Arnold Schwarzenegger and the 20 or so kids in his classroom in Kindergarten Cop, does that constitute as a buddy cop movie? <laughs> yeah, Ooh. no, it's a lot of different buddies. That's a lot of buddies. That's a lot of buddies. It's a lot of little buddies. That's a surprisingly, little little buddies. That's a surprisingly violent movie, too. I remember that. Um, or maybe not not violent enough. I mean, if you hung around kindergartners, woof, they don't, they don't mess around either. But I, I digress. But I I feel I, like the plot is... I would go for it. I would go for it. Yeah. I Honestly, I'm solid yeah, for this it. Is like, and I've always been a fan of like movies where like the kids kind of end up doing the majority of the legwork to save the day. Like, parents, yeah, the adults are yeah. too stupid to figure it out. It's up to us. What about we're small. What about RoboCop and his computer system? Are they, are they, would you consider that a buddy cop? I don't remember, but so did, in RoboCop, did he act, did his, did his computer, did his brain actually have a separate entity to it that he used to talk to the actual suit? No, but there was definitely like a, like a, 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 a he was trying to find his humanity while being you know, a robot, you know, straight up murder. Oh, that I remember. Yeah, I don't think they're still close enough as no. one entity. That couldn't be a buddy. Kin- cop kindergarten scenario. Cop, definitely more of a buddy cop. Buddies cop movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, like little, cop, little cop, buddies. Little buddies. Little cop. <laughs> little buddies cop movie. <laughs> See, now if I got to start looking into more like buddy cop films, because it's been a while, so I've actually caught a good one. I mean, I guess you have like Knight Rider, right? Michael Knight and his car. His car, buddies. yeah. I don't know. Was he a cop? Maybe he was just was. a... I think it was a private detective. Oh, no. Good point. I, okay, there you go. So if he was a private detective or if he was like a bounty hunter, right? So he's playing by his own rules. But now what about Knight Boat? Yeah. The car's got to follow the rules of the road. <laughs> <laughs> what about Knight Boat? Knight Boat, yeah. There's always a there's always a canal or a river nearby. Or a fjord. A fjord. <laughs> God, that was like one of my favorite like weird Simpsons episodes. Like he's getting away, not quite. Look over there, a peninsula. <laughs> like what? But it's such a great show. All right, Pernell, what's what's your uh, what's your final um final track for the bonus round? Well, I struggled with this one. I really did, and the, it didn't really help that I was initially determined to find a remix or a cover of the city theme from Kid Chameleon. That would have been perfect for this theme. Turns out, of all the ones I found, I only liked one. And I already picked it on episode 20 in From World 22. So couldn't use it. But I did find something that was also quite good and unexpected even. So let's see if you guys think this track fits the theme enough to be included on the episode. This is the Castle Remix. Kind of fitting from our last quiz, huh, Rob? Oh, yes. The ca- yes. <laughs> I did get that question wrong. <laughs> We're still fine, friends. Yeah. The Castle Remix theme. A, a remix of the castle theme from New Super Mario Brothers Wii, composed by Noteblock.
fun. Welcome back. You just listened to the Castle Remix theme from New Super Mario Bros. Wii. Remix and arrange or compose whatever words you want to use by the one and only Note Block. Uh, what did you guys think? Do you feel as though that incorporated enough elements to be included on a buddy cop or perhaps a very special episode of Buddy Cop Thieves? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it would be the great theme song to Unhammocked. Unhammocked, yeah. Oh, there, good call. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely horror slash police procedural. <laughs> some supernatural the, elements. The ghosts on the turntable. Yeah. Wiki, 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 wiki. <laughs> yeah, they got to track down the killer into a into a into a nightclub somehow to get this one going. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking. I was like, spoiler alert, the final castle stage in Mario 3D World is a nightclub. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Oh, man, Noteblock's got some really good remixes. Definitely channeling that, that, that modern synthwave, synthwave vibe with this, with this one. Um, but anyway, for more information on the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to SoundClouds and Bandcamps and everywhere where you can go uh, get the music and buy the music or and support these artists. Thanks for list- Thanks for joining us on episode twenty six four, the Buddy Cop special with Hammock from KVGM, The Last Wave. Here, spreading the love, <laughs> spreading the tunes, spreading and spreading the procedurals, spreading the justice across a variety of buddies. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a honestly, this topic was great. It made me want to think more about various you know buddy cop you know mediums like they're like movies or tv shows because i have a history with some but not nearly enough like recent years though it's not technically a cop show it's just buddy detective work i was a huge fan of psych um yes yeah and of course back in the day it was like i said we talked about earlier it's cagney and lacy um turner and hooch uh, i like rush hour and makes <laughs> crazy question about a kindergarten cop um <laughs> But now I'm trying to go and get some other ones that might not be coming to mind. I'm like, wait a minute, that technically counts. I was into that. Mm. Um, there was um okay, that's right. Here we go. There was a 21 Jump Street uh, reboot. Oh, New York Undercover would have been one. Yeah, yeah, New York Undercover. Tango and I Cash. I watched a lot of that shit. Tango and Cash. Yeah, then I think I guess, they remade that one too, right? I think I saw that had um, Ben Stiller in it. Oh really? What oh, ships count? Oh, that was Starsky and Hutch. How did I not remember Starsky and Hutch? Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, yeah. I think yeah, I, that's start, like the... <laughs> I turned that on Netflix and I started it and I was like, you know, maybe not tonight. And I turned it off. That's like one of the big ones for like the name and name. Some structure. Starsky and Hutch. Mm-hmm. Like, and I always love the fact that it, they, it kind of faded away as, as time went on, but they always used to have that one random informant who just knew everyone in the streets. Yes. The Huggy Bear. You the Huggy, Huggy Bear. bear. <laughs> um, there was one that came out, uh, I guess, about 10 years ago. It was a Kevin Smith movie, one of the last Kevin Smith movies that I saw that I was really excited about because it was so different. It had Bruce Willis and um, Tracy Morgan. Uh, People but, say Tracy Holman, like, really? <laughs> it was Tracy. It was, called, it was called Cop Out. And it was pretty silly, but mm. it was definitely Bruce Willis playing his character. 
and Tracy Morgan playing his character and just being really goofy with each other. So I think that, that one's <laughs> worth renting or streaming if you can uh, if you can do that one. And what was the one we talked about earlier? We mentioned it on the, on the air. The most ridiculous one was Whoopi Goldberg and a dinosaur. Yes. Oh, okay. What was that one called? Did you remember that one? It was Whoopi oh, Goldberg. Oh, yeah. That- <laughs> I don't remember the name of it. I just know it was those. That was the pairing. And I don't. Absurd. I don't think it came out in the in the theaters. It was no. It was direct to de- direct to tape. It was called Theodore Rex. <laughs> <laughs> it's I like can't. like who sat down and said, "I got it. I got it. this. Is going to yes. save our studio. We need Whoopi Goldberg to hang out with a really short armed dinosaur." Here we go. So I did not write this. I did not write the synopsis. This is straight from IMDb. Uh, a no-nonsense police detective, uh, Katie Coltrane, Whoopi Goldberg, lives in a futuristic world where dinosaurs coexist and communicate with humans thanks to the wonders of science. However, Katie isn't too thrilled when she's teamed up with a goofy dinosaur partner named Theodore Rex. <laughs> My God. Who <Wow. laughs> swear I don't know who comes up with these costumes, but... Wow. I wonder if the if the producers of that, that sitcom Dinosaurs were the, uh, the big... Uh, dinosaur costumes were involved with that one, probably. Right? I love that. Jim, how was the Jim yeah. Henson um, found on productions? Was that a Henson joint? That, that was a Henson joint. Jim Henson. <laughs> I want to say my memory's off, but I want to say I may have been one of the last things he was alive for. Oh wow! But like, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I was, I was like, a big fan of dinosaurs. Yeah, the '90s kind of like, like if it was if that was the end of your career in the '90s, you know, they were doing some weird things, like the Street Fighter movie and stuff like that was coming out. Well, I mean, even before that, they had weird enough stuff. What was it, Fraggle Rock? They talked to a giant pile of trash. I mean, yeah. it, it, it happens. <laughs> weird things happen on TV. Um, but it was entertaining, and that was the important part. Well, uh, Have either of you seen Samurai Cop? Samurai Wait, Cop? what? Oh, that sounds familiar. I gotta look that up. Samurai Cop from the 80s. It's If you've never seen it, please watch it. It's the I'm worst movie, that- but the best movie at the same time. I'm writing that down. And uh, now we're on that topic, too. Oh, my God, this looks it's crazy. Wor- <laughs> it's worth also mentioning, like, I used to watch a fair bit of anime that was, like, buddy cop-specific style. Like, there was, like, Dirty Pair and Geo Breeders. My favorite was New Dominion Tank Police. Yeah, And tank the partnership police. was primarily a woman in her tank. <laughs> Though she also had another, another partner that was purely her and her tank. Um, and it was an awesome show. But... There were a number of really cool like animes that were that dealt in the whole buddy cop concept too, worth checking out. Um, so okay, yeah, there was one Gunsmith Cats, crazy. Yeah, Gunsmith Guns- Cats. Yeah, I actually have the manga here for that yeah. too. Mm. It's a good show, Riley. I can't remember what the other girl's name, but one was named like Riley. Um, there you go. See, look at this. We're just recommending stuff to people. Yeah, that, right. See, you see like the, buddy the, cops, the, get it in. The buddy cop genre is all over the world, right? It doesn't know any. Um, any national boundaries people like cops fish police who like each other sort of not at the beginning but at the end fish do you remember that show i do remember police Police. it got all of one season i don't even think it got the full season no no but But i watched watched it it. i watched it too i was like this sounds crazy nighttime animation like prime it's crime but it's underwater crime (laughs) that makes it different it's underwater crime Oh my god, I tell you. We need, what is the next thing? We need crime, but it's in space. We need space cops. Space cops. <laughs> it's crime, but it's deep down in the center of the earth. We need the magma police. <laughs> <laughs> they take care of the mole man. The mole man, mole man justice. 
It's crime, but it exists between <laughs> layers of reality. <laughs> just something. Well, before before Purnell loses his mind and brings up like another '90s sitcom show that I, I would like to forget, um, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna finish the show out by saying, "Family hey, dog." Family. Okay, you know what? That was a that was a Spielberg thing. Um, it was. It was yeah. terrible. Um, thank you, Hammock, from KVGM The Last Wave. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and, and, and doing this topic and bringing some tunes. Yeah, thanks for having me back. It was a blast as always. Could you please tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can find your 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 voice? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find my voice on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Anywhere, just check out KVGM, The Last Wave. Uh, you can go to our website, kvgmradio.com. Check us out there. We've got all the shows and ways to reach out and take a listen. And if by some chance The Last Recon finally gets around to setting it up, we may be at odds. Or are we on the same team? I don't even remember it anymore. Are we on the same team? I kind of stopped paying attention to the to the VGM Fight Club, but definitely listen to the VGM Fight Club. You can listen. You can find that on um, I think Anchor FM. I think it's also on iTunes. Hosted by uh, the, last Recon. the Last Recon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're gonna hopefully battle it out. All your favorite, either with or against <laughs> all your favorite but- podcasters <laughs> uh, fighting it out in a tag team battle, battling it out in a battle royale, <laughs> battle royale. Um, but anyway, if you want to contact us, Robin Purnell, um, if you have a track suggestion, a topic suggestion, or if you're a musician, or if you know a musician and you'd like to get get involved with us, please send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for a full track listing from this episode, all of our episodes, and access to all of our shows, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. It's Rhythm and Pixels. It's all one word. Um, on Facebook, we have a little group called Rhythm and Pixels Chat. Um, we have a Discord server um, where you can hang out and chat with us and some other listeners. You can find the link to that on our website at uh, youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. Or we have uh, all of our ep- episodes are uploaded there. And we have a 24, um, 24-7 uh, live stream radio station that plays nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics and deep cuts. And for um, probably by the end of next week, I'm going to have a huge update to that playlist with Commodore 64 music from Forever Sound Version and tons of new Nintendo tracks and beats thanks to Ed Wilson and his massive library of music um, over there at the VG Embassy. So check that out, uh, youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. And if you'd like to support the show, the best thing you can do is just to tell people tell people about the show, you know? Um, call people Spread up. Spread the word like just marmalade. Cold call everyone in your district and say, we want Rhythm and Pixels. And, Give us rhythm and pixels, or go to heck. We'll come to your town, Seriously. and we'll build that playground, and we'll <laughs> and we'll create that community center for the children. Um, on top of creating an amazing podcast, <laughs> flexing for it. Yeah, Brad, uh, he's ready for making it. great ideas. Yeah, I want to build this Brex center now. See, look what the you're doing. Center. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's we got the kids got to break dance. The kids got to break dance somewhere. And fun uh, fact, we're going to go and start to do it, and then as we start to break ground, we find a dead body. And you know what that means? Robin Purnell on the scene and Rhythm Police <laughs> solving rhythm police. crime with music. It had to be Rhythm and Police. I, I can't believe I didn't make that connection before the show. That's right. 
Um, but anyway, if you also want to, you can support us in other ways. You can go to patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels and you get access to a prequel episode every week. It access to a live streamed uh, recorded episode every month. And that is going to be next Thursday, the following week after this episode is released. And um, we also like to shout out our Patreon members at the end of the show. Thank uh, Frankly Zappa, Mike Myers, That Nick Walker, Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy, Mats Holmquist, Michael Jennings, Davey Cakes, Justin Bieber from XVGM no, Radio, Justin uh, Schneider, Sonic Medley, Taco, Harold Howard, Dave Taylor, Reinhardt Selkova, Andreas Milberg, Dan Loughton, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Werma, Christopher Senstrom, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk, Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version VGM podcast, and Brian Pitt. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for supporting our show um, every week, or every month rather. So it's definitely appreciated. Very much appreciated. And also something worth noting, I didn't think about it till now, but last week or so, I finally realized that I can record stuff properly using OBS. Like, I can actually do real recordings mm-hmm. and put them up on YouTube or even stream them directly without a lot of effort and finagle work. Have you done any so, more streaming uh, since since last time? No, only because I got caught up in some review stuff. But I actually started playing a game, actually right before this episode started, called, um, oh, oh was it, Onomi or oh. Omni or something like that. Basically, the idea is like you're some kid who was a Hikikomori. There it is, the name of the game, Omori. Uh huh. And it's essentially like a game that's supposed to play Earthbound, but people are comparing it to like um, what 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 um, Undertale was like. How it like became like a huge phenomenon. You're saying this is what this is like the next Undertale. And I was like, well, huh? Funny, I got I actually got on board before that declaration. So let's see how this plays out. Yeah. So I started playing that, and of course, Robbie Reby again, but. I'm mainly interested in what other people would like to see me play. I know it was suggested by um, by the Phantom Ear, Dan Loughton, um, that I do a Lobulana speed run, but I'm going to be honest, that's I think that would be more hell than fun, even from the fact that I like challenge. I think it would be, <laughs> be a nightmare. It's different when you already know all the answers to the, to the puzzles. No. Too. Trust me, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's, it's, <laughs> no, it's not. Um, There's so much in there yeah. that you forget stuff. Yeah, and I'm um, doing a lot but, more streaming now too. Uh, but you can find Purnell at twitch.tv slash Purnell. And I'm on there as Rabuman. Um, 8 a.m. Eastern time playing DDR in the mornings <laughs> before work. <laughs> you can Are you doing it every day? I do it uh, most most days. Um, if I'm playing, yeah. I just turn on the stream. You can see me sweating to the K-pop. Uh, <laughs> um, but that's that's what I do. Um, so anyway, I want to thank thanks again, Hammock, for for joining us and spending taking the time out um, with us. I know it's um, across the country, across time zones. My dog is barking. I'm sorry. Across time zones, I know it's no easy thing, but um, we do appreciate you spending the time with us. Thank you. Um, okay, thank and you. We, oh, I love you were nodding like they can't see it. <laughs> we are rhythm and pixels. My name is Rob Nichols. Pernell, you can see me. <laughs> I can't see anything. Oh my god, I'm blind. That's Purnell. Have a good week. And remember, um, and I guess in the spirit of the concept of this topic, even, um, obviously everyone isn't 100% going to ring your bell as far as like commonality and interests go, or even just like compatibility and social you know, aspects. But 
that doesn't necessarily mean you have to write them out because of it. Because sometimes it's the differences that make the relationship that much more special. And who knows, if you can break through that barrier and find that ground that makes you guys click, you might be out there solving murder someday. Or, I don't know, solving other cases like who put the mud in the freezer or who spilled the milk on the floor. Whatever, but the point is... Don't write people off just because you're slightly different. Even if they don't like games and you like games, or even if you're loud and they're quiet. Doesn't matter. Might Maybe you'll come together and form a nice mid-tone harmony. <laughs>